0: It's time to open your mind and expand your empire. You're listening to The Ted Huff Show. Join in for stories that embrace imperfections and become the inspiration you need to achieve true greatness in your life through actionable progress in the pursuit of self-discovery, self-improvement, and self-purpose. Where will your story take you? Now let's get it started with the man himself, your host, Ted Huff.
1: Hello and welcome to the Ted Huff Show. Today we have Mrs. Amy Ford, artist, mother. She's a personal friend of myself and my wife. I'm super happy to have her on the show today. She'll talk about what got her into becoming an artist, what it means to her, how she shares that with others, and a few other things about her life. So, hey guys, it's short, sweet, but a wonderful episode. All right, Amy. Hey, thanks for uh, going ahead and joining us here on the Ted Huff Show. Um, so, wanted to just kind of get some background on on who Amy is, uh-huh. uh, what Amy does, and uh, what what the folks can can learn from from you and your your artistic background and, and the things that you've done. So, kind of give us an understanding of who Amy is and how she got to where she's at today.
2: Uh, I got where I'm at today by being very upset in kindergarten that somebody beat me in a coloring contest. And that was, yeah, it was big time for me. It was Jamie Gideon in Clinton, Iowa. And I will never forget the feeling. I was like, but I tried so hard and I got jealous. And I was like, why will not anybody help me figure this out? Like, what am I, why am I? feeling these feelings of jealousy and animosity towards Jamie for winning. And his car was better now that I look back on it. But um, that honestly was the spark at five years old. And I was very young. I went to kindergarten. I turned five on August 20th and I went to kindergarten like the next day. So I was a very young kindergarten. Oh, wow.
1: So really early.
2: Yeah. Um, That was really the spark to like pursue art was that young I wanted to like just eat it for breakfast I want to know how to do these things I want to make things with my hands I want to be creative and uh I just pushed forward and I just drew all the time um and I had I did grow up in a fairly small town in Iowa but we had the most amazing art teachers I can't even express how fantastic our art teachers were, especially when I got to junior high. I mean, the art that we did in, in middle school, which for us was sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, um, I just, I can't, it was amazing. And we got to do sculpture and giant drawings and big paintings. And we got to use acrylics and oils. And uh, it was great. And then high school hit, and I went to four high schools. And it went kind of skew from there, but I still, did my art on my own and I had very artistic friends. I had lots of musician friends. Um, I don't know, I just kind of kept going and kept going. I went to school for interior design at a community college back when that was actually offered, which is pretty cool. And uh, I did some tattoo apprenticeship back in the nineties. I never stopped drawing. I always had a nine to five job, but it was a waitress, so it was really five to ten instead of nine to five and now I'm from just constantly pushing and having a very supportive loving husband, I am doing it. I'm a real deal professional working artist
1: Here I am. that is awesome that is awesome and it only took you what like two years to do all that right yeah, I'm just kidding
2: Woo! just kidding. <laughs> So, so Amy,
1: go,
2: go ahead. I was gonna say it's. it's I guess I should say professional artist from working from uh, your home into having a brick and mortar, which is where I am at right at this moment. I actually have a studio that I pay for, which makes being a professional art- artist that much harder. But um, it's a it's the real deal. It's the real thing. It's pretty cool. And sometimes I kind of. Forget how absolutely cool it is that I'm actually doing this for a living. It's pretty cool anyway
1: yeah. so so I mean you, you talked about how um, the driving force for, for you was was that competitive nature um, what what is what is your art to you what, what is it what does it mean to you uh, because I know you do uh, a lot of commissions mm
2: hmm Yeah.
1: (laughs) So, so, so for everybody, this, this is a a piece that was uh, commissioned by my wife, uh, from Amy, one of my favorites. Uh, Um, I have another one that's smaller, but this one's by far my favorite.
2: Uh, and the paper that, the paper that that's on is the best feeling paper on the planet too. Oh, I love that piece.
1: It is. It is amazing. It's, 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 uh, uh, and I, I'm going to screw it up, but it's, it's handmade paper that is, has this nice thick texture. It almost feels like a piece of cloth. Um, it is it is wonderful. Um, I don't get to touch it, which is probably a good thing uh, <laughs> yeah. because it's, it's behind it's behind glass. But um, so, so going back into the, the question, you know, you, you've, you've got people that, that commission artwork for you. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the stuff that you do for yourself. What does what the art mean to you? And, and, and obviously, it's probably a little bit different whether it's commission versus personal. But what does it mean to you?
2: Um, I love making people happy and giving warm thoughts and memories. And that's what my commissions are. I love taking people back to a memory or making... Making a piece of art for somebody that they commission and they want this on canvas brings them joy when they look at it. And I think we all need a lot more joy in our lives. Um, And if I can just make more people happy and more people filled with joy, that's what my art means. I know that other artists get very, they want to say statement. And I do that in my own art. So for the art that I make for myself, I have a few different series of artworks, um, some of which nobody will probably ever see because they're too deep um, in regards to what they mean to me. Like uh, I do have an abandonment series that I don't know if I'll ever show because it's very personal, but I put my emotions on those papers I put those emotions on that canvas and, um, I know what they are. Like these two pieces behind me, when I'm teaching my babies, my little kids in my classroom, they sit right across, right there is where they sit. And they owe it. Those are their favorite paintings. But what's funny is I know what they mean to me. I don't need to tell a six year old what that means. I let them figure it out. And that's, what's really great about like, non-objection. non I can't, I can't, I'm nervous. I can't say the names. Non-representational and non-objective art is uh, that you can really say a lot or you don't have to say anything. So the kids like to figure out what in their minds, what it means to them. So my art is filled with emotion and passion and some sadness and some anger and some abandonment, but, um, that's mine. And I don't have to share that with the world. I do share these two pieces, but nobody really knows what they mean. And then on the other hand, I love Peyton fortune cookies and bananas. And I also love Peyton to go packets like my duck sauce packets. And I have hot sauce packet series and I have a giant sriracha bottle somewhere behind me. I mean,
1: didn't you do one? that was a mustard packet too.
2: Yes. Yep. And I have some at I have a couple of restaurants around here. The faithful pilot and Leclerc is completely filled with my artwork and there's some pretty funny stuff in there. I had to remove the duck sauce packet because um the D has some highlights on it and some people didn't exactly understand what it what, they didn't get it. I'm like, it's it's literally a doc, it's literally a condiment pack. I'm like, you are reading way too much into this. <laughs> It's not, it's not dirty, but they think it's dirty. So I finally had to take it because people were like, I just, I don't approve. I'm like, it's not what you think it is. So,
1: so that, that actually brings me into the next question I had is, you know, as a creator and artist, um, how do you feel that your art, um, helps you communicate or helps others communicate? How, how do you, how do you feel that that helps others?
2: As far as communicating, um. It helps me communicate with myself. That's for sure. It helps me be able to say things that I can't say. But then on the other hand, like let's go to the tattoo factor. I like to put tattoos on me that are fu- that are kind of funny. You know, like I'm I'm a pretty funny person, and I most of my tattoos, people are like, "What does that mean?" what does that French toast mean? What it means is I saw a piece of toast with a beret on it, and I was like, oh, my God, that's so funny. We tattooed this on me. And unfortunately for me, my best friend is a tattoo artist, so she's like, hell, yeah, let's do it right now. You know? I don't know. You can say a lot in art. I tend to, because I do teach kids, I do tend to not Get super political or religious with my art. I love it when people do. I go to museums and galleries specifically for these reasons. I love going to big cities and seeing what's out there. I personally can't. I can. But I don't do that because I do have little kids in my studio every single day. So does that... Did that answer
1: the awesome. question? <laughs> no, no, no. That's perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. It, it, you, you touched a lot on it. And I just wanted to clarify that a little bit. Um, so, so you mentioned getting to the point of becoming a professional artist. And to you, that meant having your own physical studio. And what was, what was that point? Or what was the thing or... Uh, how did you make the decision that you were ready to take the leap and to open the studio?
2: Um, it was terrifying. First of all, uh, I started having a lot more commissions come in and I kind of felt like an art slash a drug dealer. Cause I was like, we'll go meet in the happy <laughs> Joe's parking lot at five o'clock. I'll be in the silver Kia. Um, and it just started being, and I don't really, um, I have kind of a crazy dog. So I don't like having people come over because I'm like, well, I don't really want my dog to eat you while you're picking up your art. So I would prefer to meet them out. And it just felt really unprofessional is how it felt. So my husband is a photographer, as you know. And yeah. he found this great space finally after, I mean, we we looked everywhere. And there just happened to be a space next to his that has these beautiful, storefront windows with all the sunlight coming in. I have a kitchen and a bathroom for hand washing and little potty breaks for my babies. And um, not that that came into play right off the bat, but I was like, okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna take the leap. I'm going to get the studio next to yours. And I did it. And then I lost 500 pounds because it's so stressful. (laughs) No but seriously it's very stressful. I mean it's so stressful. Um and then I decided I I love kids. Kids are my favorite. I've always been a waitress. That's always been my 9 to 5. So I've also always been that waitress that will wait on your kids and a lot of waitresses don't do that. 99% of waitresses hate kids and they hate waiting on them. I'm not that person. I'm like give me the kids, you know, and uh Guess what? That's why I made all the money. So, you know, you're stupid. Anyway.
1: <laughs> little, little, little known secret, huh?
2: It is a little known secret. If you're nice to the, to the kids, the parents like you, and you get tipped more. What? Um, <laughs> it's super easy because kids are actually a lot of fun. But I was like, I'd been working at a restaurant that doesn't have kids, and I kind of miss being around them because I have one kid, and he's fantastic. But he's also growing up. So they do that pretty fast in a blink of an eye. Um, I was like, I should teach lessons here. How would I do that? And so I start, kind of started thinking about what to do it. And then I had a little, I have two pugs, but one of them just passed. Um, and I was like, Oh my God, I should call it little pug Casso. And the, the kids think it's so funny. And it's, it's named after, And the logo is done after my pug that just passed. And um, it was scary at first, but that was just another avenue to make revenue is teaching the kids. And this year it's really blown up. So I took the leap. You have to think of, okay, you're still at that same income level as you were in your house. Now you need to think of other ways to make more revenue streams. To keep it going. Because yep. you can't just set up shop and be like, all right, let's get some money. People bring me the money. That's not how it happens. It, you know? it, it, it doesn't
1: work that way? It doesn't. Yeah.
2: People, I don't understand. Why not? Don't you people just want to throw money at me? I don't understand. So that's when I took a
1: leap. So during that that process, I'm assuming nothing, nothing went as planned what would, what would you say the the, the biggest front from the point where where you and your husband had decided that you know uh, we're, we're doing the studios you know what, what would would you say that the biggest setback or or the biggest thing that happened that that really set you guys up to to move forward to uh, realistically the next level
2: um You have to have a lot of money to play with if you're going to play the game. Especially when you're doing brick and mortar, because you never know what's under these floors. You never know how much electricity is going to cost to put in. You never know what's behind that electrical box. Um, So you have to be prepared financially. And then you have to be prepared to not make money for a while. And you have to be prepared to advertise. I luckily am married to somebody that he's, he's extremely knowledgeable when it comes to finance, business. He's really on the nose. He's had his own studio before, but um, the building got purchased and we did not renew a different space in the building because we just didn't really want to be on the other side of the river anymore. We wanted to be closer to the home. And the studio actually happens to be right by our house. But all my kids think I live here, just to let you know. All of my art students, they cannot figure out where my bed is. They're like, where do you sleep? I'm like, I don't live here. This is my art student. They cannot, they cannot figure it out. But um, you have to be prepared for a lot of headaches, a lot of not knowing what's going to happen. But if you just stay focused and you do play the game and sooner or later... You're in the next inning, or whatever you want to call it, whatever sports reference you want to go with. It 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 keeps go- <laughs> that game keeps going, and sometimes you win and sometimes you lose, but the game continues. And just remember, just because you didn't make any or not any, but like a lot of money that month doesn't mean that the next month you're not gonna it's not gonna be falling. You just you have to keep playing the game and you have to stay positive, and find somebody you can vent to. That's, that might be my biggest piece of advice, actually, when it comes to business. Find somebody you can vent to who isn't doing the same thing, because that's when you feel competition, but have somebody that's in the game, kind of in the same, at least realm, like maybe another business owner. So you can kind of spout off, but not, not feel competitive and not feel like you're giving them your ideas. That's something about me. I don't give anybody my ideas. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this much, but I'm not going to tell you
1: everything. <laughs> so, so, you'll you'll uh, you'll give the appetizer, but not the whole meal out. I got it.
2: Josh, Josh <laughs> my grandma's like that, and she actually owned a health food store for like 28 years and was very successful. And uh, when Josh and I first got together, and he met her, he was like, "Oh my god, you are just like your grandma. You hold back so much information when it comes to things." I'm like, "I know, I do." And she was successful, so I think maybe that's a good thing.
1: <laughs> oh, that's awesome! So, so you mentioned that you you do you have commissions going on, um, uh, and you've got the little pug Cas- pug casos. I have to enunciate that the pug casos, um in in your as, as part of your your business. Uh, what other hobbies or projects or what do you what do you what new things are you doing now that, uh, that maybe some other folks may not know about or would, would think was interesting?
2: Um, I like to keep busy. I like to be the busiest person on the planet next to Josh, my husband. Um, I volunteer, I will be volunteering for a big mural project that a couple of other artists around here are doing right down the street for the Child Abuse Council. Super excited for that. Um, I go on location and paint a lot. I don't do murals because I don't think people understand how much money you have to have even just behind that to get the materials. Even if they're getting paid, you don't get paid up front for most things. You might get a deposit, but like, there's so much money that goes into those materials. Anywho, I do small projects. Um, I'm also a tattoo apprentice because, I mean, why not? Why not start, a, why not start your own art studio and then decide, hey, let's, let's change the career a little bit. Let's teach kids and give their parents tattoos. At the same time, maybe I'll teach the well, yeah, you, kids how to tattoo.
1: Well, or you could give the parents tattoos of the kids' artwork.
2: Oh, my God. You have no idea. I actually have my son's artwork right here. Can you answer that? I actually have that. That's a little- Oh, my goodness. Isn't that funny? I love kids' art. And I would be completely covered in kids' art if I could. I try really hard to... Let me let them let me keep their art in the studio. I'm like, you don't really want that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't usually work. I take uh, pictures, I take pictures and print it out though, because I do love kids' art. But yeah, anyway, well, um, I'm a tattoo yeah. apprentice for Mama Choose tattoos. And, and,
1: just, and, and just for anybody, um, check out her Instagram. She's got some killer photos uh, of the tattoos she's recently done. I love the one that you just that uh, you just did recently. Um, your subject was was quite uh accommodating. I saw him on his uh, on his laptop while you were doing <laughs> doing the tattoo. Um,
2: God forbid but, we stop so, for, working for, ever. <laughs>
1: yeah. So as you, so so Amy said that her husband likes to never stop working. Well that's who she was giving a tattoo to uh just last night. Um I love the theme of it though. The, the death bike decaf. That mm-hmm. was that was mm-hmm. awesome. Um, but yeah, he, he doesn't stop, stop moving just like you don't stop moving. So um, some, some great, great artwork uh, on there. Um, so, so before we wrap up, I just, I want to um, touch on a couple different things. Uh, obviously uh, we can find you on Instagram. Um, what other places can they find you? And if they want to, a piece of artwork commissioned, or if they're local to you and want to do uh, pug- little Picasso's classes for their, for their children, mm-hmm. uh, or even if they want some advice on art, how do they get a hold of you?
2: Um, I would say go to my Instagram or my Facebook. I have a couple of different Facebook pages. I have AF studio, which is Amy Ford studio and little pug Caso is L I L pug Caso. Um, I would say definitely go to my Instagram. It's got my phone number on there. Facebook does too. I prefer people to text me exactly what they want. That way I can read back because I am an artist. I am a little forgetful. So I phone calls, (laughs) phone calls don't work for me because I, it goes out of my mind. Um, so text message for sure on those two social media sites. I don't do Snapchat because my son does Snapchat and I'm not really allowed to, because I don't want to embarrass him.
1: <laughs> um, uh, awesome. Well, no problem. We'll go ahead and put the, put all the different links to all the different things. So you guys can get all of Amy, um, in, in the show notes. Uh, Amy, it's been fantastic. I really appreciate you sharing your love of art, um, and, and the different things that you've gone through and, and how you've gotten to where you're at. So really appreciate the time today. And, uh, we'll
2: talk to you soon all right thank you thank
1: you if you like the way this episode looked and sounded you too can get the same experience the modi app is available for download on apple itunes go to modiapp.com m-o-t-i-a-p-p.com to download it
0: now That's it for this episode of the Ted Huff Show. But we know you're wondering where you go from here. TedHuff.com makes it easy for you to get notifications for new episodes, specialized contests, exclusive giveaways, and upcoming events simply by signing up for our mailing list. You'll get access to all this and more by visiting TedHuff.com. That's T-E-D-D-H-U-F-F.com. Until next time, open your mind and expand your empire right here on the Ted Huff Show.